Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. If it feels good, it's good. If it feels bad, it's bad. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. It feels very good here, though, doesn't it, Jane? It does feel good. It's really good right now. We hope that in your cars and in your wherever you're jogging through parks or listening at your desk or in your bedroom, wherever you join us today, that you're feeling good too. And we're going to invite you to go deep inside your own personal space today because we are going to ask you to get real with how you're feeling in order to know the truth. Truth is in inverted commas there. We had a, a message here from a listener who said, What about an episode about how to know if someone is right for you? I've been with my current boyfriend for four years and yet I still feel unsure if our differing temperaments can be compatible and lead to success and happiness. She's put this in capitals. How do you know if something is right for you? Now, I mean, she's used the example of a someone, but often it will be a something or it will be a job or it will be something maybe even not so big as a relationship or a job. It could just be a food choice in a restaurant. I don't know about you, Jane, but I've met people who are paralysed, for example, in shops about which pair of shoes to buy. They literally... In case they make a mistake. They cannot make the decision. Yes. So we wanted to talk today about knowing what is, quote unquote, right for you, knowing what is, quote unquote, true or best for you, and how to deal when perhaps the decision you make doesn't work out the way that you'd planned. So much to say, Beck. There is so much to say. There actually is, a lot. There's a lot. Look, the first thing I really want to say is that there's no guarantees in life. There there are none. And so you can't protect yourself from anything, really. If if you are so hung up on things being right, you will paralyse yourself and you'll be incapable of making a decision. As far as relationships go, which is where this person has, this lady has asked, how does she know if he is right for her? You don't. All you know is, is he right for you right now? And in fact, I often use that, you're looking for Mr. Right now or you're looking for Mr. Right. And there's not a whole lot of difference. We've evolved, we change. You don't know how you're going to evolve and grow and change. You don't know how the other person is. In any situation, you don't know how it's going to evolve and change. Work, I mean, that's an energy, a business. That can evolve and change. Friendships evolve and change. We can't control any of this and nor should we try to. What we can do, however, is know what is right for me right now. And if you are a conscious person, which, let's face it, back all our listeners are, then you've got a good idea of what is right for you. When I say for now, it's likely to be for a reasonable period of time. And I have said this for years, that even my own beautiful husband, I can't guarantee that he's not going to walk in the door at some point in the future and say, I never expected this, I didn't want this to happen, but I'm out of here. I can't live my life with that fear hanging over my head. All I can do is live in the joy of... It feels right, and that's where we're at. Mm. I once counselled someone for six months or longer um, while she was engaged to be married. Or was it even before? It doesn't matter. It was either to do with getting the ring on the finger or walking down the aisle, but it's same, same. And because she was so paralysed about, you know, she, they were totally in love and they had a great relationship, but she was really, really paralysed about it, about what if I, what if I make a mistake? And it's kind of this idea that we do have a forever, isn't it? It's, yeah. Which is, I have to say, I think it's a very 
old world idea. I think that we did used to live in a world where... You made your bed, you lie in it. Things, even the way society was structured, like you have one job for 70, 50, whatever years, then you get a gold watch and you retire. Things were guaranteed for life. If you bought a refrigerator, like, you know, the old fridges, they never break down. They just run and run and run and run. Like the old ones from the 50s will still run in your little, you know, garage. Whereas now, everything that you buy within just within the warranty, it's just after warranty, it's expired, and you've got to go chuck it in the landfill and get another one. You know, it's it is a different world now. But a lot of people haven't made that mental shift of in the old days, you married for life, even come hell or high water, no matter what was happening in that household, you did not leave that man, or you did not forsake that family, you did not ruin your reputation. Um, as like I said, people stayed in one job their whole life. So I mean, I think we've. We've had to make a break from thinking about things in these absolute extremist long haul sort of terms. Well, yeah, people did make mistakes, didn't they, in relationships? Or if you, we don't say it's a mistake. People chose somebody and life evolved and changed, and that person was no longer suitable for them, and they would stay in a toxic relationship for another 40 years. Absolutely. And that was history. And for a lot of the time, there weren't welfare or services or places people could go if they needed out. They just stayed. Now, in this day and age, we live in a hugely transition, like fluid, multi-everything changing world. And we know this by looking at our young people, because to them, it is so normal to chop and change fashion, haircuts, hobbies, friends, jobs, uni degrees, like plans. Because, you know, back in my day, because I'm ancient, Jane. Um, <laughs> that makes I... me a restored fossil. <laughs> <laughs> um I would say to somebody, I will meet you at three o'clock outside such and such a shop and if and you would just both be there. Whereas these days I watch how nobody worries about a plan or sticks to a plan or honours a plan because phones mean that they don't have to be plans. You live in the now moment. Now that's actually a spiritual concept to just kind of live moment by moment, but it can be incredibly frustrating for those of us with old school values that like to plan our diaries a week in advance. Now, what has all this got to do with how do you know if something is right for you? I'm giving you guys permission to realise that I just love what Jane said at the start here. It is about the moment. Is it right for you in this moment? If you wake up tomorrow morning and change your mind, that is your prerogative as a human being. You actually have the human right to change your mind. It's such a small concept, but it's such a huge one because it's so hooked in to people pleasing and needing to be liked. I've coached so many clients in the last couple of months that are going through separations and divorces. In fact, it's been abnormally high. Hello, 2016, year of nine endings. And the common theme with many of them is I have a right to happiness. And so if that does, if you don't believe that, then you are setting yourself up where you have to make the right decision for the rest of your life. And I hope you're a really good fortune teller and you know what the future is going to happen because otherwise you can't guarantee that. But the other thing is we did a podcast back a long time ago on how to say no. Yeah. Because when you know how to get out of something, when you know how to exit something, you can have greater confidence saying yes to something. Now, of course, big decisions like getting married, you know, borrowing hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy a home, having babies, you know, they're big things that it's not kind of as easy to get out of. However, a lot of knowing what's right for you is knowing that if it's right now, 
but it becomes not right later. What's my exit plan? How would I exit this? It's almost where, you know, some people these days have very elaborate prenups that actually talk about when they're in a really good place in a relationship. How do we exit this relationship if one or both choose to exit it? Mm. And so you actually make it in a respectful way. And it's not just about money. It's about everything that's important. Um, So it's knowing your exit strategy when you go into something in certain situations can actually help you to be able to feel greater confidence in the right. Yeah. And I think underneath all of this, what's being asked of you here is to have a very honest relationship with your own soul and it's to not lie to yourself or try and convince yourself or try and choose the party line, such as, oh, but I really should because all my friends have, or I really should because my mum will be so proud of me, or I really should because I don't want to rock the boat, or I really should because I want to keep him happy, or I really should because whatever reason, I need the money. Or We will always have thousands of excuses, but that is called lying to yourself. If you actually sit with your own body on a decision, and you'll find with decision-making, it's usually in the stomach. You know, the heart has a lot to say about it. You can feel it in your heart. But if it's not right, your guts will know. It's the hunch. It's that lower down, churning, not quite right, can't really, something's not really aligned. It's not really congruent. It doesn't quite fit. There's some kind of red flag there. Maybe your brain can't explain it, but your body knows. Because when it comes to the really big decisions in life, like do I stay, do I go, should I marry him, should I not, should we have a baby, should I start a business, the really big things, you're not ever going to find the answer by writing out a pros and cons list. You're not going to find the answer by talking to your friends. You're not going to find the answer by Googling it or reading a self-help book. The answer is going to come from being brutally honest with your the truth of how you actually feel about it in your guts. It's hard for some people to get that honesty, isn't it, because it affects so many other people or because, as you said, the stereotypical roles. In fact, we just recently did a podcast on, you know, married at this age um, or engaged at this age, married at that age, have babies, paid off mortgage, retire at this age. It's that same pressure thing. Yeah. Um, I've got another little tip, though, that I think is a good one, which is not that particularly spiritual, but it seems to work, and it's the 80-20 rule. If you are feeling happy 80% of the time about a given situation and 20% unhappy, I think that's pretty good. That's pretty right for you. You've got 80% of pleasure and you've got 20% of what is it that you can learn. Because remember, whenever things are not going right, that's when the, the, the best wisdom can be learnt. It's when the best soul growth, it's the expansion of self, it's the knowing of self, the greater self-awareness, self-love. And so some when somebody says, is any situation right, I would say, as far as on a spiritual level, every situation is right because every situation is going to teach you more about yourself. So we want to take the emphasis here off of the idea that anything could ever be wrong. What if I marry this guy and it's the wrong path? What if I missed out on marrying the right guy? You know, that, that's a big thing. That's it a, is, that's isn't a it? a big thing in our society. A big, big deal it. Bigger, better deal it. What if I make the wrong choice and I suffer because of my own choice? Well, so what? That's what You'll I want survive. to ask. Yeah, you will. 
and you'll be richer in wisdom because of it. We need to stop fearing the hard road. I think we're starting to, to live in a cotton wool society where we want to buy the promise that everything is always going to be cushioned and safe and easy and least resistance and all of that and fine and flowing if we just, I don't know, chance and get spiritual and do our manifestations and, I don't know, listen to your heart and follow it. Well, often when you listen to your heart, you go through the hardest, darkest journey, but that's okay because that's the way through. That's to get to where you need to be. It's not always just going to be fairies and butterflies and angels singing, listening to your heart or listening to your gut. Sometimes it appears like World War III's hit you when you action that stuff. But the dust does always settle. And you do always, always come out the other end feeling like it wasn't for nothing. At the very least, and and on the best end of the spectrum, feeling like you gained some serious soul growth and spiritual gifts. And if you're like me and believe 100% in what Becca's just said, then when the tough stuff comes, I'm not saying I exactly get excited by it. Life is much easier when it's fluid and flowing and gracious and full of joy and peace and contentment, happiness. However, when the tough stuff comes, there's always a little bit of, I wonder what the silver lining's going to be, because there is never not a silver lining ever yeah ever but you know there's some of those fun fear things you know about fear is or my favorite that I always quote is um you know false emotion appearing real or false evidence appearing real no emotion I always say emotion emotion yeah so it's you know what am I feeling I'm feeling scared I'm scared of failure I'm scared of rejection I'm scared of not being good enough I'm scared of not having enough I'm scared of having too much blah 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 it's always the emotion but, uh, but Beck and I, I mean, you, I've often seen a few other ones, and Beck's Googled a few here that I think are really cute. I love the, um, uh, the false evidence appearing real as well. So mine was always false emotion, but false evidence. And that is when you choose to be in fear, you will start to gather evidence to support your fear. When you choose to not be in fear, to believe it's right, you will start to gather evidence to support that. You know, it's fascinating that whenever we make big decisions in life, we almost have a default mechanism. I don't know if this is subconscious doing it. I don't know quite what is happening. But I know that when a big decision is made, we are so good at gathering further evidence to support that decision after the decision has been made. It's like kind of cementing it, making it like a really right decision. Instead of it just being the right one, we want it to be the really, 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 really right decision. So we gather this evidence. You know, it's like, it's hard. You choose, oh, well, I remember choosing schools for my children. I spent 12 years choosing schools for my children. And it really came down to the 11th hour because I could not find the actual education place that I wanted that was right for my beliefs and my children. However, once the decision was made, I then went about gathering evidence of why that was the right decision. And I almost became the the school spruker of, you know, this is a great school. But it makes us feel at peace with our decision. And so it's a good thing to gather that evidence and then just move on. Well, like I said to the girl that I was um, counselling about this getting married stuff, I just said, darling, if it doesn't work out, then you just change it. 
I mean, I know that sounds so easy to say, and when it's a marriage and stuff, it's a bit more full on, but there's really nothing in life that's so awful that you can't change it. Even if you're imprisoned in a jail cell, you can still change the way you think about it. Everything, you can always have some sort of a freedom response to any situation you may feel entrapped in, enslaved in, entangled in. Nothing is ever so bad that the universe is not waiting at the door to show you the way out or the way through. There will always be options for you no matter which direction you walk. And in a spiritual sense, all paths lead to Rome. There is no wrong path. You know, <laughs> with, with, as a psychic, with love, people say to me, if I, if, you know, if I psychically see a future partner who's waiting to meet them at a certain age and they straight away, the fear kicks in, well, what if I miss him? What if, what if it doesn't happen? What if I don't go to London after all? And you said he's in London or whatever. And it's like, it's in your soul contract. You, you've got to have some, some respect and surrender for the higher workings of this stuff. And remember, I'm not talking about God slated it out in a tablet that he carved with a chisel. I'm saying you planned this. You chose this for yourself before you were born. This is about trust, self-trust as well. So you can end up at the same destination, even if you want to take 15 different highways to get there. You can choose to slow yourself down or go faster. How do you do that? By listening or not listening to your gut, really. And really, I think everyone who's listening to this podcast we all know what it feels like when something is off or something doesn't feel right to us. The real problem we all need to deal with and learn to be better at handling is it's not how to feel the truth for ourselves. It's what to do when we know what the truth is and we're paralyzed to act one way or the other because we're so worried about, like I said before, what people think or how do I do this? Or It's easier just to push that feeling down and ignore that red flag and I'll just stay here and keep on keeping on. Sometimes too, people can get paralyzed by, you know, is something right or wrong by feeling like it is so black and white that it's a yes or a no and that they don't have other options. And one of the most beautiful books I've read, and I can't think of the title, but I'm pretty sure it was by Viktor Frankl. He is a psychologist, psychotherapist, psychotherapist, I think. He's actually Dr. Phil's favourite person. So that's kind of a big claim, isn't it? Didn't he come out of Auschwitz or was that my mentality? Yes, he did, yeah. So he was in a German concentration camp and he observed that... Those who remained in positivity survived and those who didn't died. That's the short guts of it. That's a pretty big social it's experiment. A massive, well, yeah, 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 yeah. And how do you stay positive when you are in such trauma? A very simple example he gave was every day they're given one potato and he said he has choices. Do I eat the whole potato? Do I cut it up? Do I have half an hour, half later? Do I cut it into ten pieces? Do I eat it? over the whole day do I actually give some of it away if I do how am I going to give it to who needs it more how much of the potato do I give away should I trade should I say look you're not feeling well today so you have more of mine and I owe you one and so on and so on and that is all the choices I could go on for probably half an hour you could and about the choices people really buy into the belief that they are stuck or blocked or cornered and I've been in times in my life where I have felt completely cornered. And that is where suicidal thoughts come up, which I've had. And it's when you genuinely believe, for whatever reason, that there is no other way out. And if you like that, that's actually where you need to book in with somebody as a coach to actually get somebody outside 
that is detached from your emotional mm. story and that is able to help you to see other options. And just you know, like, and I'll do that. Like Beck and I, you know, we do that for each other. I something else I want to say on this on this note, which is a very simple thing to keep in mind as well, is we tend to be very dualistic in life about the way we look at any topic. So we tend to either be on one side or the other. It's either this or it's that. It's right or it's wrong. It's love or it's fear. It's black or it's white. You know, we tend to sort of think there's only maybe two options to most scenarios. I stay or I go. What we perhaps need to allow the space for a little bit more is the idea of a third option. Because I think often we just tend to be quite uncreative and quite narrow, once again, in boxing ourselves in. And even, even like I've been guilty of this because I've done the two-door exercise in, in like, you know, where you sort of, you visualise two doors of two different paths of what will happen if you take either path in your life and what you should do. Well, I told this to a girlfriend and she just looked at me like I was crazy and she said, Rebecca, don't you know that when you do that exercise, you're supposed to always have a third door for the option you haven't thought of? And I went, no. <laughs> and there it is. There, there is always the space for something else that you might not even have considered as another possibility, let alone all of Victor Frankl's thousands of different, you know. So I think we just need to... I just keep coming back to the word trust today. Yes, as well as moving... Well, it is trusting the universe, but it's also moving into what is it you want to achieve. So let's say you are in a conflict. Let's say you're stuck in some situation you can't see the outcome. Why don't you start a mantra that says this situation will resolve itself, resolve itself effortlessly and easily for all concerned for our highest good? You know, that is dynamic. And you could be really hating somebody and still include them that you want them to actually have a good outcome you want everybody to have a good outcome and the universe will actually deliver ways that you have not ever considered so often however this is where you can you can start to when you get stuck and you're in fear and you're not sure if this is right you start to force it to be right and you've just turned the boat and you're going upstream and it's hard work. So if it's hard work, it's not kind of right. Now, it doesn't mean that the decision that you're making is right. It might mean that your actions are not right. So get into the emotion of what it is that you are desiring to be feeling and work towards that rather than forcing things to be right or wrong. Mm. I'm thinking back to the original question today with the girl and the relationship as well, and I'm just thinking, you know, she's she's obviously been analysing and weighing up lots and lots and lots of little elements of that relationship, and she's sort of like, is this bit over here good enough, and is that bit over there enough to make up for this bit over here, and has we got enough here to make... You know, she's really overanalyzing it. And sometimes I think it can boil down to such a very simple thing, which is if he wasn't meant to be there, I don't think he'd be there right now. And the, clearly the fact that he still is means there's still something playing out here. They've been together for four years. That's a good long term. Just keep letting it play out. You'll know when you know. If something is... It's that thing. If it's, if it's meant to break or die or end, the truth is going to be so obvious your body will be screaming at you. And literally the vibration will... It, it will implode. They'll leave. It'll be over. Something will happen. Um, or, or even just if it's the feeling when you wake up every morning that you almost can't even live with it anymore. You well, know? two different, two opposing vibrations cannot be together. Correct. And then, you know, on the same sort of token, by the same token, if you do, let's say she does leave him and it was quote-unquote wrong 
they're going to get back together because if you love something said it's free and if it's meant to be it'll return back to you and I think the same has to do with jobs and careers as well you know I and I can tell this from a real life story I went for the job of beauty editor at Who magazine in 2005 or maybe it was actually 2003 I can't remember it was a long time ago and I wanted that job with every fiber of my being at the time and I remember even doing a spell and when I did the spell I, straight after I finished the spell, I moved across the room and a business card flipped off the table and it was um, a Who magazine business card. And I just thought it was a little sign of the universe saying, we're bringing you this momentum. This is going to be, it's going to fall into your hand. It's going to be yours. You'll, you'll have this. And then they gave the job to another girl. And I was heartbroken. And I went home every night and meditated and cried and was miserable for six weeks until I got a knock on my door. And Who magazine rang me up and said, she didn't work out. Would you come in again? And I, got, <laughs> I love and it. And I got the job, and it just goes to show. I think that's how I got my job at the convention centre years ago. I didn't get the first job, and they called me back for a different position they felt I was more suited to. If it's meant to be, like, because why? Because I'd put in my sole contract. Not just that I was going to have that job, it was more that there were people there I was supposed to meet, there were experiences I was supposed to have, there was karmic growth I was supposed to have in that position. That was still waiting for me in the timeline. I didn't miss it. I still aligned with it. I still got there. I want to also just elaborate a little bit on where I said actually every single situation is right because remembering that there are no mistakes in the universe, remembering that every person, situation and experience that crosses our path is one for us to learn more about ourselves. So if you are 80% happy, 20% not, but that 20% is teaching you things, then you've got to stay there because that's good stuff. But if you are in, what's the other way around, 80% unhappy and 20% stuck, you have got to really have a good look at what those soul lessons are while you're getting out the relationship. Because if you don't get those soul lessons, it's going to turn up in the next relationship anyway. Yes. So until you can write a massive long list of all of the gifts that you've received from any given situation... You're just going to have Groundhog Day and the same is going to occur again and again and again. So you may as well make the situation that you're in right for you right now by getting all of the lessons that you possibly can. Mm. Jane's affirmation today, just quickly, is before we wrap up as well. <laughs> I need a challenge. <laughs> um, well, it's interesting because her affirmation is if it feels good, it's good. If it feels bad, it's bad. What do we want to say about this, though? Because, because sometimes... Well, sometimes when things feel bad, that's where you've got the most learning and that's where the silver lining and the gifts are coming. So it's actually not really a true statement. But it is true in that... That's right, yes. It is true in that... Can you tell the difference between nerves and I'm going the wrong way? We did an episode on this a long time ago about fear and knowing the different kinds of fear. Because, for example, we all know there's like a healthy primal fear, which is don't go down that dark alleyway or the kind of fear on a roller coaster or the kind of fear going for a job interview. That's a different kind of a fear to I need to get out of the house, he's hitting me, or I'm trapped in a really abusive situation in my work, which is depleting my self-esteem. Like those are different sorts of fears, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. But then you've also got the area which is a block, which is I can never, I don't know, go for that job or go for that guy because I don't believe that I'm good enough or I believe that I'll be rejected. Those are another element of sort of emotional trauma. Yeah, the mindset. Yes. Which which is the false evidence not appearing real, the false emotion not appearing real. Yes, yes. 
Yes, actually, you had a couple of other funny ones there too. I did. Well. There were two others that we well, found where, where when we were looking for the um, fear acronyms. There's another one that says, "Forget everything and run," or "Face everything and rise," and that's your choice when fear hits you between the eyes. I love it. That's really cool, isn't it? If it feels good, it's good. If it feels bad. It's bad. <laughs> well, we hope that you all feel good today and we hope that you enjoy our Feel Good show. We certainly feel good creating it for you. If you want some more Feel Good 30-minute moments in your week, you can find all of our podcasts on lovelifeshow.com where Jane and I are available to have private coaching and counselling sessions with you. Um, if you would like to head over to Facebook. Yes, it's facebook.com forward slash lovelifeshow. And you'll see the link there for our private group, um, which you, of course, are welcome to join join and you can continue the discussion after the show. So until this time next week, we hope that you have fun sitting with your personal truth, being very honest with what feels right for you and then having the guts to act on it. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening and it's a beautiful day.